This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, Satan is heavily, heavily at work today. Heavily, heavily at work. So I'm not going to be able to read these. Oh, wait, actually, I might be able to do it on my other phone. That's how I have to do it. I don't know why I didn't think of that before. This is taking so much time. I'm so irritated right now. Extremely irritated. Satan is such so annoying, man. I hate it. I hate Satan so much. Cannot stand him. I got stuff to do today. Okay, so yeah. All right, um, so basically, I'm going to try to keep this brief and quick, but um, so um, I kind of want to like recap some of the dreams that I've that I've already like recorded on here. I had a dream where when I was being really obedient to Christ, and I, I, I was like very careful to not backslide and I was resisting temptation and I was even resisting temptation in my dreams. Um, which sometimes that's difficult for people to do because people think they could just kind of do whatever in your dreams. But I think God's always testing you. <laughs> I mean, I think this whole thing is a test. And uh, and it's like a quiet test, you know what I mean? Like all of the tools are around us. Everything's here for us to figure out what's going on. But he's watching. I mean, everybody will be in front of God one day to face judgment, no matter what your beliefs are. Whatever you believe in life, there will be a judgment day and you will go before the face of the Lord and be judged. Um, now, if you if you I think if you figure it out here and you realize that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior and you accept him as Lord and Savior and you acknowledge that. Um, his father was God and his mother was human and, um, he was man, God, but he's, he bridges, he, he's the bridge that connects man to God. You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, he died for our sins. He lived a sinless life and he came here and, and humanity, you know, we killed him basically, not, not me or you specifically, but, the Romans or whatever, the the people that uh, crucified him at that time. So anyways, um, he lived a sinless life and he died for our sins. And because of that, um, despite our sinful nature, we believe that and we accept him as our Lord, our Lord and Savior. Uh, because he and the Father are one. You know, a lot of people don't understand the Trinity. I'm not going to get into that right now, but... Simply put, it's just the same way you would look at your father is your father, but he was also a brother to his brother, and he was also a son to his father and a husband to his wife, you know. So that's just kind of like how you could see that the Trinity is one, you know what I mean? But there's different ways to perceive it. But um, 
So yeah, um, uh, so I had a dream when I was being obedient. When I, sorry, I had a dream when I was being obedient. Like my dad handed me a, a plane ticket, and it said the departure was seven a.m. So I felt like, you know, I was doing what I need to do, and when the rapture occurs, I will get pulled up. And then I had another dream where I was starting to backslide a little, but I was still, you know, running back to Jesus and, and repenting and asking for help to be stronger. That um, I was, and I asked about the rapture because I was concerned, like, well, I, I, I slipped and I sinned. Um, will I still make the rapture? And I had like a, a, a ball of light come down from heaven, a golden ball of light come down from heaven. And I just could barely reach up to grab it. And um, I grabbed it and my arm started turning golden. And then it like stopped right at like, right above my wrist before it got into my forearm. And then um, I woke up. So since then I backslid more like big time and um this was like all last week with the Notre Dame fire, fires and all that when Satan has been working heavily cuz there's definitely a fight going on Satan wants you to sin he doesn't want you to to get raptured up you know he wants you to be here so he can definitely torture the, the left behind Christians that's what he's looking forward to so um and that dream, I was left behind. And I was like on the freeway and it was just complete chaos and destruction. There was cars broke down and the uh, United Nations military police were going around killing people. People were killing people. Cops were killing cops. It was just complete anarchy. It was definitely the apocalypse, the end of the world. There was no order. There was complete lawlessness. Like everything goes at that. And that, that's the dream I was in. And so I got scared. So I'm like, oh, Lord, you know, ran back to Jesus. So then, since then, I I tightened up a little bit, but not like I was before. So I was still backslid, sliding a little bit. But it would be like six days out of the week, I'm doing good. And like on the seventh day or whatever, there's one day out the week, I would backslide, Right. And every day, all day long, I, I mean, I sin a little bit, like cussing, getting mad, and little things like that. But it wasn't like a big knowingly sin, like like watching pornography or, um, you know, drinking or whatever. <clears throat> so then um, um, I had this dream last night, and I woke up at 422, and I... Now when I wake up at certain times, I'll put that, like when I wake up, the first, like, so I'll look up at my clock and that number I see is what I type into the, the Bible. <clears throat> so, um, the first dream I had last night, it was like three things in one dream that was going on. Um, one was I had three dogs, and it was my three dogs, and two of the dogs are pure, purebred dogs. So one's a mini pen, one's a pug. The third dog, he's a bigger dog. He was a mutt. He was mixed like Border Collie, and I think Pit Bulls, what the guy told me when I bought him. Um, but my ex, she 
she always argue with me on that. And I'm just like, well, how do you know? You weren't there when I bought the dog. <laughs> I talked to the guy, you know, but that's how she was. She always felt like her way was the right way. And she was just very hard-headed and stubborn, hence the reason why she had an affair. Cheated on me. Anyway, um, but uh, um, so I was with these dogs, and I remember I was like a football field away, and I – the dogs were, were being, they were all at the end of the, the field or whatever. And I put my arm up and then they would come running, right? Well, two of them came running, the the purebreds, the mini pen and the pug. And the mutt, you know, he seen me or whatever, but he was more concerned with like sniffing trees and just being curious and exploring like the field or, you know, the bushes, and you know, he just was not paying attention to me at all. I mean, he was, but he wasn't. So he was, a, it was harder to get him to obey. And then it came to a point where I was trying to get them to get in the car. And so I called the dogs over. And of course the two little dogs, the pug and the mini pen quickly, quickly, happily, and, you know, happy to be obedient, happy to listen to their master. And they took the instruction and they were in a car waiting, happy, you know, panting, looking out the window, ready to go on the trip. Right. But the the other dog, Uno, um, his name was Uno. <laughs> uh, he he was. He was like just busy doing whatever he wanted to do. He wasn't really paying attention or whatever. And actually, in reality, he was pretty obedient. And um, the other two dogs kind of weren't because the pug was older. So he was slow and he kind of just did things how he wanted to do them. I mean, he would come, but he was just slow because he was old and he had cancer. And the mini pen, she was just couldn't tell her nothing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like she just she did whatever she wanted to do. You know, she was she was the one that was real scattered brain in in real life. But in his dream, it wasn't that way. They were they were extremely obedient and they were they were there. They did exactly what I said. So whether I called them or I just put my hand up, it you know, in the dream it just showed like whatever way I was trying to work with him and give him a command, they listened. And the the mutt didn't, you know, because he was like trapped. It was like he was more focused on all these scents and smells. And, you know, that's what he was focused on. And actually in a dream, um, uh, when I finally did get him in the car, after a lot of work, he had a bone with him. So and I remember when he had the bone, some lady was yelling like, that's a bone to a dog. Like that's a she. He took my dog bone, like like an actual bone, like from a, a a dead animal. But when I looked at the bone, I'm like, nah, this is like a bone you get from the stores, like a rat bone, like a tortilla, like a hard tortilla just rolled up, like a burrito or something. But it was just like that. So I was like, she's tripping. So I don't know what that means in the dream, but that was in it. But also in the dream. um, there was um like a scarcity of land or whatever. And I had to go 
excuse me, there's a scarcity of land and I had to go through like this company that finds property and they like work out an agreement with the property owner to where they can like own the land for like, I don't know, maybe a period of years or whatever. But anyways, they lease out the land to people like little pieces of the land. Like I had like a very, very small like part of the land. It was like like maybe the size of a small closet or something, right? So it wasn't a lot. I mean, I could have like maybe five or six plants there, seven plants or something like that. And um, so I remember I, w- I was planting my blueberry tree, my raspberry tree and like tomatoes and lettuce and peppers or whatever. And I was planting those there. And I remember I had to lease this from the guy or from the company that um, actually had uh, worked out a deal for more to more to land or whatever to use. So I remember, you know, there's a scarcity there and obviously I'm planting food. So there's a scarcity with that. And um, I didn't have a place to call my own, basically, you know. And then, and then in the same dream, I was talking to my dad and it was like I was moving in with him. So I remember I was taking like putting stuff in drawers and I remember I was putting like a hammer in a drawer, and like tools and I was putting in the drawer and I was like, is it still cool? Like did I move in or whatever until like I get on my feet or whatever? And he kind of like turned his head away like, like he wasn't really in charge of that and he didn't really know like what was going on with me. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know uh, what you're doing, but I can't. I'm not the one that makes that decision. So I'm like, dang, I want to go be with my dad. But um, he's kind of like giving me the cold shoulder, not like intentionally, but it was just kind of like he was just looking away with me. Like, I don't know what you're doing, but you out here messing up. So that's very significant for me because my dad's dead. He's in heaven. And the dream that I had where he was giving me the plane ticket where I was leaving at 7 a.m. And he was smiling when he gave it to me. That's when I was being very obedient to Christ. And, you know, I fell off the wagon, I guess, because you get discouraged. Life beats you up. Satan beats you up. And you kind of you do lose hope here. You do you do lose hope. You kind of lose hope. Like, well, Jesus, I thought you were coming. You didn't come. And anyways, people who aren't like like rapture watchers right now like which is pretty much nobody they look at the rapture watchers like we're crazy people looked at Noah like he was crazy and only eight people survived that flood on the whole earth all right so i don't expect a lot of people to recognize what's going on right now even though it's to me it's extremely obvious and to people to to like you know, super, super Jesus freaks and like diehard Christians, they they think it's super obvious. A lot of other people think, you know, it might be like the end of the world, like a lot of stuff's going on, but then they really don't put too much thought to it, you know? So you got to think the path is narrow to heaven and to the, the, the path to hell, the gate is wide or something like that, you know? So... Uh, so, anyway, so, at first, I woke up at 422, and I'm going to read some of these, um, 
things in the Bible about 422. Leviticus 422, when a ruler hath sinned and done somewhat through ignorance against any of the commandments of the Lord, his God concerning things which should not be done and is guilty. Or if his sin wherein he hath sinned comes to his knowledge, he shall bring his offering. So, yeah, let me go back because uh, before when I was reading these, I wouldn't actually. Oh, my gosh. Here we go again. All kinds of problems here. Satan is just really, really working my nerves today because he knows I got a message. Mind you, this is the third time I'm recording this because he kept shutting off. He kept shutting down the, the anchor app, so I couldn't. So yeah, I'm not gonna be able to like go deep, like read after 4:22, but you guys can always go and and, and look into the ones that I point out. So, I gotta do this quick, man. I got stuff to do. All right. So, um, four twenty-two, First Samuel four twenty-two, and she said, "The glory is departed from Israel, for the ark of God is taken." So that means to me, um, the glory will be departed from me. You know, like if I don't, if I'm not obedient. For the ark of God is taken. And then when I see taken, like, for God takes his people, you know. So, like, they're, uh, we're in, like, in the last seconds of the final quarter. You know, that's how I look at it. That Jesus literally can come back for his church any second now. And, um, um, what else? 422. Ezra 422 sticks out because the girl that I met after I was separated from my wife, her name was Kendra, and she named her son, who was born October 10th, 2018, Ezra. And it says, take heed, take heed now that ye fail not to do this. Why should damage grow to the herd of the kings? So take heed now that you not fail to do this. Like, be aware, be on your P's and Q's, be on your toes that you don't slip up and fall because you can you can miss the rapture. You have to be obedient right now. You cannot be backsliding whatsoever. You got to try to be as sinless as possible right now. And then um, Proverbs 4.22, for they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. So that means to me, like, if you find Jesus, like, hold on to that because that's the, that's the eternal life right there, you know? Then I think of that movie Shazam. Because at the end of the movie Shazam, when that guy had the um, evil in the ball, he was holding it. And he was like, what? You'll give me power? You'll give me all this? I knew that was going to happen. Non-stop interruptions here. So, um... um and he was looking into the ball of evil or whatever. And um, he he was acting like he was about to get, you know, hypnotized into, into like for me, the, the metaphor was like 
the power of the world is very mesmerizing. The power of Satan is very mesmerizing and you can lose your soul. And so he was at a point like he was already in superhuman form, but he could have lost it. You know what I mean? If he gave into that, but he didn't do it. Spoiler alert. So, uh, uh, and Daniel 4.22, it is thou, O king, that art grown and become strong for thy greatness is grown and reaches onto heaven and thy dominion to the end of the earth. And this Matthew 4.22, and they immediately left the ship and their father and followed him. So you have to turn your back on everything here. You have to be like perfect as your father in heaven is perfect. You can't give in to the temptation, you know. And um, even when the temptation is really strong, you just got to pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and pray. That God helps you and he will. He'll, he'll get rid of those spirits that so you can resist it and flee. Um, and Mark 4.22, for there is nothing to hid which shall not be manifested, neither was anything kept secret, but that it should come abroad. So from what um, from what's dark come to light, you know, what's in the darkness will come to the light. And this too, I like Luke 4.22, and all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is this not Joseph's son? When they're talking about Jesus. John 4, 22, a little bit, but I don't know. But Acts 4, 22 sticks out to me because it says, For the man was above 40 years old in whom his miracle of healing was sheed, showed, shooed, shooed, which I don't know what that means, but I think it means showed. And what's crazy is I just turned 40 four months and two days ago on January 25th. And Jesus, when he was resurrected, he was here for 40 days. And he fasted for 40 days before he uh, was crucified. So 40 is very significant. And I'm sure other people out there can find the significance of that, like Bible scholars or whatever. Romans 4.22, and therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Um, Ephesians 4.22, that ye put off concerning the formal conversation of old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, because you're a new creation in Christ. So I know I can do better because I am a new creation and I don't have to go back to my old ways. It's deep. Second Timothy 4.22, the Lord Jesus Christ be with thy spirit. Grace be with you. Amen. All right. Cool. I got that out the way. So you guys can look into those deeper if you want and read, read further on from that. But, um, so yeah, I mean, I was able to get, um, the last dog into the car, but he just was very disobedient. His mind was scatterbrained. He just, he heard me, but it just wasn't like it was a, it was a strong enough command to get his attention. Whereas the two little dogs, they were more obedient and they, they came immediately. And, um, but we waited, you know, it was like Jesus going out for that, leaving the 99 sheep to go out for the one lost sheep, you know? So I had to work extra hard to get the dog in, into the car. And when he came, he brought the bone with him and I'm sure he was dirty from like running around in the field, wasting all that time. So that means, you know, 
you know, when you get raptured, that's how you're coming to, to God. You know, you, 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 whatever sins you're committing here, it, when you die, that's, that's it. You know, whatever your last act was, was kind of like, all right, this was the last thing that you were doing before you died, before you get judged. So that doesn't look good if you're, you're, you die in the middle of sinning, you know what I mean? Or committing a sin. And you never know when you'll die. You never know when your last breath is, when you have a heart attack. You know, some people do die during sex. And, and who knows if they're fornicating, you know, it might not be with their wife. It could have been when they're having an affair. And so can you imagine dying, sinning like that? Or, you know, you're trying to attack another person and then you have a heart attack and die in the middle of, you know, committing a a, a violent act or, you know, I don't know. It just gives you something to think about, you know. But um, I definitely realize now I got to be on my P's and Q's. And, and uh, oh, yeah. So when I went to heaven and hell or whatever, I went to heaven first, then hell. So that was the first time and the second time I went to heaven first, then hell. So I seen heaven first, but then I had to see hell. So hell was what remained in my mind. That was the lingering thoughts was of hell. And I'm sure it's for a reason, you know, because if he did it backwards, you just wake up like, oh, I'm going to heaven. I can just go back to sinning once once saved, always saved. So I think it's good that he was like, here's a little bit of heaven, but here's more of hell because you're more at risk. You're more at danger. You have to be obedient, you know, if you want to make it to heaven. And a lot of people don't believe that, like. I mean, they really do believe that you're saved on, on grace alone, and you are, but you also can't be a lukewarm Christian, and you have to repent. So people do get it twisted, you know, with that. Um, people interpret it the wrong way, you know what I mean? Because, yeah, you once you're saved and you believe that, you know, like Tim, Pastor Tim Henderson said, in that nanosecond that you believe that you're saved, you are saved, but you can't, like, go back to living the old life because now you're a new creation and you can lose your salvation by um by doing that you know by going back to your old lifestyle and you know what if you're like a uh like a top level um murderer for the military or army or something like that and that's what you do for a living like you kill people and then you get saved by christ and then you go back to doing it no you can't do that you know what if you was like a, a cannibalistic elite pedophiler and you killed little kids for the adrenochrome and then you get saved by Christ, but then you go back to doing that the next day? No, you just lost your salvation. So that's that's what I believe. I don't believe it's once saved, always saved. I believe once you're saved, now the real fight begins. Now you have to walk out your Christianity. You know, now you have to um, not be a lukewarm Christian, not be cold. You have to be hot. You have to be on fire. You need to spread the gospel, win souls for the kingdom. And you have to um, be a new creation. You have to repent. Repent means to change. And that is clearly in there that you need to repent. You have to change your ways, you know, when you give your life to Christ. That's what it is, you know, and a lot of people don't get that. They just think, yeah, I believe in Jesus. I'm going to heaven. 
I think it's it's determined about your actions, you know. Because if you knowingly sin, I mean, you're knowingly sinning. Now you know what sin is. You know, that's the whole thing here. You know, we we uh, we're aware of right and wrong. And so, um, yeah, so in the dream, that's what I think, you know, like the the dogs that were obedient, they were in the car, they were they were ready to go. So those who are being obedient, they're ready to go, they're ready to get raptured up. And maybe the rapture doesn't happen because Jesus is trying to get as many people to correct their walk so he can bring more people in for the first harvest, you know. And it took more effort and time to get that third dog into the vehicle. I was able to get him in there, but he wasn't, he didn't come spotless, you know, like he still had a little bit of issues or whatever. And so um, the symbology with the land and the plants kind of felt like, you know, I didn't have a place to to grow my, my food. So maybe there's a food scarcity for those who are left behind. And they are already predicting now that the price of food's going to double by the end of the year. And um, so, um, and just the fact that the land wasn't mine anymore, you know what I mean? To like, And it was really hard to get food. And then the third part, you know, with my, trying to move in with my dad, and he wasn't really feeling it. He was like he wasn't really calling the shots for that, or he didn't know. How long it would last? Last, it was like kind of like it made me feel like, um, you know, I had a dream where my dad gave me the ticket, like, yeah, you're coming to heaven, you're gonna make the rapture, and then now it was like, and eh, well, you've been messing up, so I'm not. That's between you and God, you know. I, I'm not. I can't. I can't even like smile towards you. I'm. Just, I just gotta turn my head and walk away because you're making me look bad. You know, or I don't want to really have anything to do with you because, you know, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. So, yeah, I don't know. Excuse me. Everything is a puzzle. Parable, parables and metaphors and trying to figure it out because, you know, it's a narrow doorway. Very, very narrow doorway. And it's not easy, and you gotta stay aware, you gotta stay sober. Uh, Satan will try to catch you slipping. My second dream, I don't really wanna get too much detail about it, but it was definitely, definitely from Satan because, um, he used that girl who, I, who says that she had my baby, even though we haven't had a DNA test, and she's already dating some other guys, and, it was just hard to work it out with her because she just talks to so many dudes. You know what I mean? Like, even when I was with her, she was always like, I'm single, I'm single. And she'd be in her phone talking to like, she would literally have like hundreds of different messages. And she was trying to like entertain all of these guys and, and respond to all of these guys and talk to all of these guys, which I just thought was crazy. Like, I just did not realize how many men, um, are approaching women like on social media. It's just, it's crazy. I mean, it's just, it's just out of control. You know what I mean? Like it really is. But 
for the woman that's actually trying to entertain and respond to all of these guys and see who's going to give her money and who's going to do this and do that for her. That's the kind of girl she was. She was always hitting me up for money. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it kind of makes you like a prostitute, you know, because, you know, we 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 were intimate and supposedly she had my child, but she she's with so many different Hispanic men. It's just like, I don't know. I need to get a DNA test because can't really just trust what she says because she's a liar, you know. I mean, I tried to move her in here and um, she was on her phone the whole time. I'm like, well, here's the TV. I got to go to work and this and that. And then when I came back, um, you know, I'm trying to honor God because I don't want to sleep in the same bed and not be married and fornicate. And so I slept in my second bedroom. And she was like, I thought you left. I'm leaving. I'm going. I need, I'm going back. I'm not going to stay here. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm in the other room sleeping. Like, why didn't you get up and look out the window and see my car was here or whatever? So one thing I learned about her is like the devil's heavily controlling her mind. She just thinks all this crazy stuff. But it's kind of like my ex-wife. They just they just think these crazy stuff and believe whatever crazy thoughts they have in their head without actually doing the research and paying attention, you know? So, yeah, I mean, I tried to make it work out because I wanted to be near the baby, you know, like I'm older guy, so I just turned 40. And um, I was in a 12, 13 year relationship, so I'm just, rather just like be in a relationship or whatever. But um, yeah, it just didn't work out and I wanted it to, but, um, you know, I'm going against uh, Satan and, you know, I can't fight her battles for her. You know, I could pray for her and all that. I could tell her about Jesus as much as I want. And I did. But and so she believes it and she takes it serious. And um, it's a losing battle because Satan will win. He's a very, very powerful angel, fallen angel, demonic fallen angel. And um you know, he, the battles in the mind. So, you know, that's why it's very important for couples to, you know, be married if they're living together and having sex. And, um, it's just, it's just, you have to just listen to God. He knows better. Just like if a parent is telling a, a two year old, don't touch the hot stove, you know, it might look cool because it's, it's glowing and it looks like a cool collar and the kid just wants to touch it. But it'll burn the flesh off off his fingers, you know. So that's kind of really like how this world is. It's like God's like, hey, you know, I know it seems cool. I know it seems like there's pleasure there because, you know, it looks the stove is glowing red and orange. and It looks really cool. But if you touch it, it'll burn you. So it's kind of like this world, like the things that are attractive and are the things that hurt you, you know, are the things that are alluring and and tempt you the most are probably the things that will hurt you. So, you know, they said the the gate to hell is wide and the, the path to heaven is narrow or something like that, something along those lines. But I just know it's a very narrow path, a very narrow path to heaven. And the only way to get there is through Jesus. So you have to listen to Jesus. You're not to follow Christians. You're supposed to follow Jesus. There's nobody here that's perfect. There's only one teacher. There's only one perfect person that's ever been here, and that's Jesus.
That's it. That's it. That's absolutely it. I don't trust science. I don't trust doctors. I don't trust nothing. You know what I mean? Like, I trust Jesus. I'm like, if Jesus wants to heal me, he'll heal me. If not, then there's something I need to learn from this. Maybe there's something wrong in my life and they're incorrect in my walk that I need to correct. Maybe there's somebody I need to forgive. Maybe there's somebody I need to make amends with. Or, you know, who knows? And I do. There's There are people that, you know, I'm still, I still need to reach out to and apologize to, even if, if uh, they cuss me out, you know, I still make, make the effort. Sometimes I know it'll be a bad thing. So I'll just, in my mind, I just say, God, I forgive them. You know, sometimes it's really hard to like find those people and, and, and really do that. And I think God works with you because if between you and God, if you forgive them and you're not holding on to no, um, you're not holding a grudge or you're not bitter or holding no hatred, or ill will towards him, God sees it and, and he knows that, you know, between you and God that, you know, you done you did the right thing. Because sometimes people are hard are difficult to work with, you know, and sometimes it could lead to more problems. Like you could go over there to apologize and have all good intent, but they're so angry with you, maybe they try to stab you or attack you and now you're trying to defend yourself and then maybe they end up getting hurt or something. I don't know. This is just speculation here, but, you know, stranger things have happened for sure. So, yeah, I'm going to end this because I got stuff to do. All right.